Those are the beautiful dulcet tones of Joe Agello. Coming at you with a hot intro here. Episode 108. It's 108, I think. Not 108. Episode 108 with Joe Agello brought to you by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. Guitar Player. Play better. Sound better. I think that's the first time I ever put on a cheesy radio voice for a second. <laughs> it works. It works. It wasn't that cheesy. And Joe, man, one of these cats, now I'm going to talk about you in the third person for just a second. Cool. Like he can play anything with anyone. He's toured with Jennifer Hudson, one of my favorite singers. Mine and, too. And 12 years was Robin Thicke's guitar player, lead guitar player. Played That's on right. the famous album Blurred Lines. Yes, I did. You even... uh produced and played all the instruments on a track called Ooh La La from yeah, of Robin yeah. Thicks. I wrote a couple of songs on that record. And, and uh, yeah. And man, thanks for having me over here at your studio. Yeah, man. Welcome. Can't tell people exactly where it's located, but it's in <laughs> a very hipster part of LA that rhymes with mm, Beagle Sock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no. yeah. We won't give it away. We won't totally give it away. And that's not exactly where it is anyway. <laughs> Above. But, um, above you're the kind of cat man you have so many things on your resume that we should just just start at the beginning here what's this guitar you're holding um this is my carvin well kiesel carvin yeah um this is like a their semi-hollow single cut guitar i guess you could say it's my number one you know it's my uh, swiss army knife yeah of uh of tone you could say so um yeah it is basically I, I it does everything i need it to do and i so. think we're going through your studio monitors right now but yes let's yeah, hear that a little yeah. bit sure sure Are you running through that tube amp right there, the yeah. blanket ship? The blanket ship. So you got the cabinet in the other room, mm -hmm. but you're coming through. Um, it's all mic'd up in there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, right in the closet. And I have, um, it's a 212 cab, and I have a couple mics on it. And then a little sound baffle between here and the door, or else Oh yeah. it would. Uh, There's a secret door there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's My amp is in the closet. So. <laughs> What kind of mics do you put on your cabinets? Um, there's a 57 and uh, M160 on one speaker. M160 yeah. is fire dynamic. Yeah, so it's a yeah, it's a ribbon mic. It's like the yeah. most unribbon ribbon mic, but yeah, it sounds together. You know, they sound great. So that's great. Yeah, man. And just to list another few of your crazy credits, I mean, you know, you were up there. With like, let's start with that crazy uh, Miley Cyrus Robin Thicke video yes. that went, you know, where there was a, a twerking incident. <laughs> yes. No one yes. was injured. No, no, almost, but, almost. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was definitely an unexpected fiasco. <laughs> now, which part? The fact that Miley twerked on Robin, or just yeah? The well, overall? all of it. I mean, we didn't. You know, when you're working on a production like that. 
when you're in the moment, you're not thinking about what's going on around you. Like, especially for me, you know, I'm, we're learning the arrangement, we're recording stuff for it, and we're rehearsing, and I'm trying to get my sounds right and make sure, you know, the right gear gets to New York. And, you know, yeah. so being aware of what's around you. <laughs> and we were told what was going to happen, but until you really see it, you so know. what did they tell you was going to happen? So they told us there was going to be um, 50 little people that were going to be dressed up as bears right. dancing around. And there was going to be a seven foot transgender woman shooting um, hot dogs out of a, out of um, like a, a water gun or something, you know? And um, <laughs> I didn't even see that part. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, neither did I. <laughs> so, um, so we knew stuff was going to happen and we rehearsed with the band and with, with Miley and Robin, out here in LA and then we flew to New York a couple of days before and we did a big like 14 hour rehearsal of the whole production and it wasn't a dress rehearsal you know so I mean we're we're just you know and we were in a big warehouse so the band was like all the way on the other side so you're not really like wasn't really taking it all in so when we got to the Barclays Center we we did a run through and um (laughs) it 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 was kind of a mess but the one thing I was like, well, okay, you know, Robin's going to come out and then we can just business as usual because we used Robin's band for, for the whole thing. And when we did the dress rehearsal, he came out in a black suit. So I was like, okay, you know, whatever's going on here, you know, I'm going to jump out into the front of the stage when Robin comes on and, you know, it's fine. So before we went on the night of the show... Wait, so she comes out first, but you were going to jump out? Yeah, because I had to kind of stay behind while yeah. she was performing because of all right. the... Teddy bears. Yeah, the teddy yeah. bears, which was kind of funny. They originally cast 50 people, 50 little people, but they made the suits before they cast the, the people, and they weren't little enough to fit in the suits, so they had to get 50 more people. To, to do oh, it man. yeah so the first 50 were out of a gig yeah yeah Aww. yeah so the night you know we're about to go on how it was going to start miley was going to come out of this bear this bear was gonna um it was on hydraulics it was going to move to the front of the stage and she was going to come out and the performance would begin but as we were about to walk out they were like hey you know joe miley come here we have to talk to you guys and they were like um the bear is has malfunctioned it's not working it's not moving. So we had to move it next to Joe. So, you know, we have to make sure that when you come out, you don't step on Joe's pedal board and Joe make sure that she doesn't trip over the wires, you know? So I was like, all right, you know, we're, we're walking to the stage. So it's not like, you know, so she's like, Hey, you're going to get some extra camera time. And I was just like, all right, you know? So when, when the camera comes on, I'm the first person that you see, you know? So, cool. and I realized what was happening when those lights went on. I was like, this is going to be interesting to say the least. And we start doing our thing. And um, I think in the beginning, I do some like, you know, some shredding and stuff, you know. So I wasn't really looking up. And then as we're playing, I just happened to look up. And I mean, in the front is like all, you know, these big artists and big celebrities. Taylor Swift is right there, you know, and I just see their faces like, you know, what the fuck <laughs> is going on, you know. Yeah, but I was like, like ah, business as usual, you know. So... I'm looking around. I'm like, well, it can't get any crazier. You know, this is, this is just out of control. And then Robin came out in his Beetlejuice costume. Because of the stripy black and white. Yeah. Costume. Yeah. Which we weren't, 
we didn't know about. And um, that's what I was like, okay, I'm not coming out. I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> I'm not leaving this this spot. So, you know, we did it. And I mean, even then, it wasn't like such a big deal, you know. But we had to leave early the next morning to go back to L.A. And um, we got to the airport. We are sitting at JFK and all over the screens, like all over the news, you know, it was just like this crazy, like, you know, controversy, Robin Thicke. And, my, and we were like, what? You know, we had no clue. We had no idea that it was that crazy. So we come home to L.A. and um, I, had, I happened to have a, a vet appointment for my cat <laughs> that day. So I got there, bring my cat, and the place is filled and everybody's just going on about the, what was going on. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, these people have no clue that I was in it, you know, that I was like actually the first guy that, that you see in it. Was but, there a part of you that kind of wanted to tell them? I'm like... Kind of, yeah, but I was just like, I, one of the the girls knew, you know, one yeah. of the, the vet techs knew that, that it was me, but I was just like, shh, <laughs> let them let talk, you know. So, I mean, it was, yeah. yeah, it was definitely, you know. So, what guitar part were you playing on Miley's song? And then what guitar um, part do you play on Blurred Lines? Well, Blurred Lines is kind of funny because he doesn't want guitar in that song. So, we just keep whatever's on in the track, and I just kind of fake it. So... I don't really play anything except when we when we enhance it. There's like some hits and stuff, so I'll play on that and I'll play it on, yeah. on the end. But yeah, for the most part, like we, we did Stephen Colbert one time, like right before that, and um, I had my amps, you know, my backline, I guess, a couple of twins or whatever, and um, you know, the union guys set all that stuff up. So we were about to go on, and these guys come running out and they're like, "Hold on, hold on, you know, stop the tape." <laughs> And um, Robin's like, what's going on? He was, they were like, um, the guitar amps, the tube was like burning or something. They, we got to switch. You know, there's, there's no yeah. sound coming out. <laughs> and he turns around and he goes, if there's sound coming out of Joe's amp, then we have a problem. <laughs> he was just like, let them burn. I don't care, you know. So, yeah, so I don't really play. I mean, it's just kind of like a. Yeah. That. That's a funky groove. Yeah, yeah. So the Miley stuff, I don't even remember. I mean, I was just probably playing power chords. There was some like yeah. solo stuff that I did. I remember I was doing like a like a um, you know kind of some sort of solo in there. So that was a uh, yeah. I remember hearing that. It was fun. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely an experience. If you're gonna do yeah. it, that you know, <laughs> it's really hard for a guitar player to lay out sometimes too. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I'll forget, you know, like with that song, you know, I'll forget and I'll just keep my amp up. And like, you, you know, we were rehearsing one time and um, I remember I just, I was like, fuck it, we're rehearsing. I'm going to play. And I started doing like this. And he's like, shut that off. He's like, it's so dope, but shut it off. He's like, I don't even want to hear it in rehearsal. So, Oh, man. What's your favorite Robin Thicke guitar part to play from your set? Like, or one of the ones, one of your, one of the ones you like? Um... We used to open the show with this big like intro and I would do this this like ripping guitar solo and it you know that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh Lost Without You that's always, you know, everybody loves that one um You know that's a uh, Cool. It's the other big hit that we would yeah. play, you know. But yeah, the, the last show that I was doing, the last version of the show had a lot of guitar in it. That was a lot of fun to to play. Yeah. We did a um, 
this one song called Shaking It For Daddy. <laughs> and it's just basically just a... And there's a part where it would stop and it's just him singing the chorus. And one day in rehearsal, I just started putting in this like... And he loved it and we just started, you know, we did this whole like reggae thing in it. And that was, that was like real, real dope. To, That's the to, kind of cool organic parts that come up when yeah, musicians yeah. actually mm-hmm. play together and rehearse. And exactly. Robin's super cool with that stuff. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a true musician, which is, which is rare in that world. Yeah. You know I mean? He plays piano and he knows his stuff, you know, he'll be like, Hey man, you know, no, I want a D minor seven flat five there, you know, instead of a, a diminished chord, you know? And it's just like, okay. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, he's he's the communication is great because he knows exactly what he wants you know when i got the gig it was it was the kind of gig where you can open up and do your thing you know so i made sure i stayed true to the parts and as we went i you know push it a little and throw stuff in and he said to me he's like man he's like i really respect you know what you do to the music he's like you really really respect the the music but the parts that you put in they're just they're perfect you know so I was very lucky to to be yeah. in a situation like that. You know, I mean, you know how a lot of these pop gigs go where you just, you know, you're in the back yeah. and you just do your thing and you play exactly what you're supposed to. Half the time you're not playing, especially those gigs, the, the guitars are on tracks, you know, most of the time. So you're just there. I give you a moment or two here. Yeah, there's like the intro, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, there's the one part where the guitar player comes out and does his yeah. thing and then, you know, or her thing. And... That's yeah, it. Yeah. You don't see them for, you know, maybe the end or something, you know. And I've been in those situations too, and it's cool, but there's there's not that communication. There's not that interaction, which, you know, that's why I always loved what we did have with Robin because he liked, he, he wanted it to be like the E Street Band, you know, like, yeah. I want you guys out there with me. I want everybody to know your names. And, you know, it was really important to him to make it like a family. So that was always a lot of fun. 12 years is a probably a record for a pop gig. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's been on and off, you know. Like, I don't tour with him now, but I've still played on, yeah. like, the new record coming out, and I've written a bunch of songs with him, so I'm not sure what's going to be on this new record. But, you know, yeah. that's that's another thing. I mean, you know, I've been able to, you know, write with him and, and get stuff on the records and stuff. So it, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I've been very, very fortunate in that situation. So in Ooh La La, can you play us a little bit? This uh, this is a tune that you played all the instruments yeah, on and yeah, yeah. produced. We, we wrote it together. And, um, you know, let me take this delay off. Cause, uh, yeah, so this was like my, my Nile Rodgers moment. It's funny because we were working on another song that we wrote. Um, I wrote a song with him and his dad, Alan, which wound up on yeah. the record. And then, um, he had played me Get Lucky before it came out. And he was just like, man, he was like, this song is going to be huge. He Niall was like, played that for you? Um, Robin a- did. Robin did. Okay. And um, right right when we finished. So he's like, I-, I want something like this, you know. So I was like, cool. So I was driving home from his place. I was on Sunset and this dude pulls, this older guy pulls up next to me with his convertible cranking the Beatles. And he's um, playing, um, you know, yeah. and um, and we're stopped at red light, so I'm listening to the song, and just the part where it goes um to the, and I was like, oh man, I was like, you know, that's such a signature thing, you know, to go from major to minor, and I was like, nobody really goes from like minor to major and as soon as i said that like the wheels just started turning so i was like i gotta get home i gotta get home right now and by that time i had the changes in my head you know so i was just yeah i just came here and i just 
got the bass and I just started with the bass and then I just build everything with that. So I started with a D minor nine chord and then I went to like a D major seven and then G sus to a A major seven. And it was just like, yeah, classic like chic. Yeah, so that was right. that's basically the the song. But yeah, that was that was a fun one. Yeah, so you're going through your blank and chip head right now. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, not sure. If we mentioned what kind of head that, but that's really cool. It's the Veriplex. So um, yeah, with a, a star like Robin, just getting him in and out of the building can be a chore. What do they do? They put him in like a Groucho Marx glasses <laughs> and, and, and a hat and. No, no, <laughs> it's it's definitely because um, I mean he get mobbed if anyone sees him. Yeah, no, he, you know the thing with him is he's he's really friendly, you know it, yeah. and it and it's not an act at all. He's really really friendly, and he wants to to interact with with people. The last gig I did with him was in um, Boise, Idaho, last year, and uh, we went out for dinner the night before, and we just ate outside, and you know people were just coming up to him, and he was just like, "Come on, let's let's yeah. take a walk," you know, and it was it was cool, Selfies. you know. Well, that was the thing. It's like you know, people are just coming up and and oh, yeah. you know, not even saying anything. They just want the picture. And he was like, you know, why do they got to do that? He's like, talk to me, you know, like I, I'm here, you know, like let's 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 have a conversation. I'm the lonely know? superstar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it's it's funny to be around those kind of people like when i played with the backstreet boys i mean it was pandemonium even then you know it yeah. was just like i couldn't believe it you know my ears were ringing from women screaming not girls women yeah, so this <laughs> was like the re the comeback this was like 2009 2010 yeah, yeah. i was you know I, I did did a run with them and um yeah i mean it's just it's crazy to you know and, and even when I we did the miley thing about. i don't know from personal experience but mm -hmm. i remember my homie kevin cadigan third mm -hmm. eye blind they got mm -hmm. you know they were so big in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just weird because I used to just see them play the same songs in a club. Mm -hmm. Five people. Yeah, Like me yeah. and five other people and maybe it's... maybe 15 people at this mm -hmm. first show I saw them at. And then they're playing the same songs at the Shoreline Amphitheater. <laughs> right, right. For like And 10, the screaming people. is so loud mm -hmm. that it's hurting my... It sounds like shrieking demons. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. That we, frequency is... Oh, so man. We did Kimmel with Backstreet. And I remember my in-ears. Like, and this was my in-ears. I had my in-ears on. I guess, you know, they, they mic the crowd. Yeah, that's I mean, the, you're on the back, outside stage. The outside stage, yeah. yeah. And... It, it was it was killing me you know i had to go to the front house guy i was like dude kill those mics in my ears and he's like what <laughs> he's like, i can't hear you the woman is screaming because you know? if you because you have some crowd mics mm -hmm. yeah active too just yeah. to kind of mm -hmm. help the musician yeah. for those who haven't used in ears like sometimes you can mix in some crowd noise to make it sound more natural yeah yeah and my ears too i don't have the ports in them so you can't really hear anything out outside you know so for that to you know it was just crazy you know, yes. so I mean, I, I'm not going to compare it to Beatlemania at all, but that's probably the closest I've seen to just flat yeah. out craziness, you know, backstreet mania. Mm -hmm. And even when we did the Miley thing, the that rehearsal that we did in, in New York, that long one, you know, it was the paparazzi was everywhere. 
So I'd walk out, and they're like, and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm the guitar player. And they're like, ah. <laughs> you know? and I'm like, thanks, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> They're like, you know, can can you get Miley to come out? I was like, no, man, we're working. You know, they're not like, the ah. most tactful, yeah. I guess. And, yeah, and they're like, ah, it's just a guitar player. You guys can go back. <laughs> <I'm> like, Thanks, <laughs> man. So uh, no respect. Oh, good. I tell you exactly, exactly. I know how Rodney feels, man. But nah, it's not a life I would want. You know, so it's uh, right. And you, you, I mean, th- these are just some of the artists with whom you played. There's also Bobby Brown, Jesse J, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, I did a couple of little things with him. So let's know? play Stevie Wonder tune or something. All right. Um, I'm holding this awesome yeah. Telecaster with this beautiful baseball bat neck that you put on here. <laughs> it's uh, You said it's a Musicraft neck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this neck because it's D-shaped on the top, super fat, but it's C-shaped on the bottom towards the floor. Yeah, it's the, um, they call it the SRV profile. Ah, so dude, sign me up. It's like, yeah, it it's it's like getting into a bar fight, man, by the end of the <laughs> night. So that's like my practice guitar. It's what I, you know, I work out with. That feels good. And um yeah, it's it's parts it, parts caster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, hit me. So I don't remember the, the horn line on that one, but I'll play the oh. do you do you remember it? play which not even a stevie song but we did shaka yeah Yeah, I mean, people, you got to go to your Joe's YouTube channel. I just think it's Joe Agello. Joe Agello Music, yeah. Yeah, you can't miss it on mm-hmm. YouTube. And you do some really cool stuff. Like I see you playing the autograph solo, <laughs> the Steve yeah. Lynch solo, No For No, which yeah, man. It's, he, I've heard it before, but to actually see the moves, mm-hmm. very cool. He actually hit me up too, and he was just like, man, you, you nailed that. I was like, cool, Yeah, man. do you remember it? or? Yeah, 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 I think I do. Um, we did it at, at Soundcheck Live a couple of, 
months back. Let me see. Hold Wait, how come I don't remember it? Uh, yeah, there's that tapping part that that's really crazy. It's like the two-handed. Um, <laughs> I was. <laughs> you did like a little thumb tap with your right hand. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. That's, I, for that's sure. the only way I could I could get it. You so know? you bit your have your left hand on. <laughs> that highest yeah. note there was your thumb reaching over. So you had your first. Yeah, I don't think that's how he did it, but with my short fingers, that's how I had to do it. Yeah, something like that. Um, I have to do it from the... That's great, man. <laughs> yeah. You got to want it, man. It's, it's a tough a one, man. Necess necessity is mm -hmm. the mother of shredding. Yeah, yeah. I could probably do it better standing <laughs> up. I had to practice it, you know, because yeah, we performed I know. I it, man. Put you on the spot with the shit. Yeah, that's that's not an yeah. easy one. And there's the, the hardest part, though, is that string skipping thing. Like... Yeah, yeah, so that, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I can't do it slow, so. Well, man, I love yeah. that you do that stuff. and, and Yeah, I have like a double life, man. It's like a double personality, you know. Yeah. The, the funky R&B stuff and then that kind of thing. Yeah, man. Know? It's uh, playing all kinds of stuff. It's a blessing and a curse, I think, you know, because I think yeah. sometimes we're like, oh, he's an R&B guy. And it's like, oh, he's like an 80s rock guy or something, you know? And it's like, yeah. wait a second. I'm just, I'm me, you know? So. I know, man. I saw it. Like, when I walked in here, you were talking about, you had a the cool chorus sound going. Yeah, were, yeah, yeah. What was that all about? Um, Well, I'm working on my album. My, oh. you know, I'm starting to compile a lot of ideas for, you know, what's going to be my I'm not sure if it's going to be an all instrumental record. I'm going to have some yeah. guest singers. It's it's a whole thing, which we'll talk about. And I'll yeah. talk about in a couple of minutes. But so I know Eddie Van Halen comes up on every episode of your <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> podcast. But um, yeah, I've been really inspired by the soundtrack that he did for the wildlife, which was just a bunch of like jamming and stuff that he did. And, um, a lot of it wound up, I guess that was like 1984, 85, he did it, the end of 84, and a lot of it wound up on, you know, like the 5150 record, and some of it even creeped into the last record that he did. But yeah, there's this one song, I'll play it, let me see, uh, I have to apply the chorus. And within Pro Tools, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and I was trying to like nail that sound. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say I don't really know about this wildlife soundtrack. Oh, my friend, you have to check it out. It's really cool. Yeah, a lot of the stuff, you know, kind of wound up on, on later records. So this is one, I think, that wound up on the last one that they did, but it's called Ripley, and he used one of those Ripley guitars. They're stereo guitars, so the strings pant. So the yeah. sound is, is so cool, but it's like that chorus, like 1984. Let me see if I can remember yeah. it. Um...
anyway, so yeah, yeah, so that's the gist of it. It's just like him jamming, you know. Yeah, that's pretty. And um, it turned out, yeah, I think it's called Blood and Fire from the last record they did yeah. with Daily Roth. It, yeah, 30 years later, it wound up on. Anyway, so I was really inspired by that. So I started writing this this song. I'm calling it The Wildlife, you know. So it's kind of similar. It's just, you know. Oh, cool. I'll premiere it at another time. Oh, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you. Can later. you give us a taste of one of your other licks that might be on your record? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, it's it's kind of like... um. You know, it's kind of got the yeah. same feel, and it goes... In. You know, so, yeah. yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So I love messing around with all the triads. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he was like the, he was like the master of that stuff, yeah. you know. So just yeah, like the, those songs, they they weren't like real, you know, instrumental songs. They were just him, just just you know, yeah, yeah. vibing out. So that kind of yeah was the inspiration for this one of the songs. Well, I was I'm, checking out his chorus, and you know, I just recently had a, like I. It took me decades to learn that the J- Roland JC120, the, that beautiful stereo oh, chorus man. sound, this chorus is only in one speaker, mm-hmm. and the other speaker is totally dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I found out a couple years after that, I was actually doing a demo with the um, the Dunlop EVH chorus pedal. Mm-hmm. That thing's amazing. It yeah, and you put it in stereo, you get two high-gain amps and run mm-hmm. it in. And one side is chorus, and the other, that makes such a difference. If you try to run a stereo chorus, like typically, where both sides are chorusing. Right, right. I don't know. Right now, I know you just got a Pro Tools plug-in on, yeah, so it's not the same yeah, deal. But, yeah, and I and then I would, you know, I've stood in front of Zach Wilde's fire-breathing amps at an <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> rehearsal. Oh, man. At, like, jet engine volume. With that chorus sound, I think he must be doing the same thing with his signature. Mm-hmm. It's like the wet dry up. kind of thing. Yeah, chorus on one mm-hmm. amp and yeah, like two hundred watts. <laughs> Craziness. And it's a real stereo sound, but yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. But you got to be careful when you mic that. Like mm-hmm. if you got the stereo chorus on a JC one twenty or that, you know, yeah. You, yeah. If you only put it on one speaker, you have a fifty percent chance of no chorus, <laughs> no chorus. or horrible chorus. <laughs> yeah. Got to do it right. That was my main amp for years, man. When I was um, all through like junior high school and high school, I had a, a JC one twenty, and I yeah. would just crank it really almost to where the speakers were like about to blow. And yeah, just yeah. that in a DS one. You know, yeah, I, I had I had man. one of those for years too, mm-hmm. in when my 20s and just you know, yeah, amazingly yeah. strong amplifier, mm-hmm. like throw mm-hmm. that thing around and yeah, yeah, have oh, wheels, man. roll it down the mm-hmm. sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to roll it around New York, man, like yeah, craziness. So but, I mean, you've also done a lot of hip hop gigs and stuff too, yeah. and mm-hmm. production. But mm-hmm. start at the beginning. Where, where you grew up in New York? Yeah, yeah, I grew up on an island, um, a Long Island, <laughs> and. Uh, it was actually, you know, Long Island. Yeah, Long Island. That's yeah. that's where I'm from. And um, back then, especially once I started really playing guitar, I mean, we have such a rich history, you know, in that era too. You know, in the the mid to late '80s with you know Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, Brian Setzer, like you know these huge, yeah. huge guitar now it's gods. Petrucci out there. Yeah, yeah, he was later. You yeah, know, he's later. But yeah, in my early guitar playing, I mean, just to you know know yeah. that. I walked the same steps as those guys. It was like yeah, crazy. Huh? My my parents aren't musicians, but they're music lovers. Like very like music was was 
what my yeah. parents did for fun. You know, my dad is like an audiophile. So I grew up in like a record store. Basically, my basement oh. was, was filled with records, all different kinds. And um, they loved Elvis. So Elvis was like the first, yeah. the first music I ever heard. In fact, when I was born, I was born on April 3rd. And um, the next day, um, Elvis's um, Hawaii special premiered in the U.S., so literally in the hospital was the first music that I heard, you know, <laughs> so my parents would go to see him all the time. So just, you know, that music was, was really, really, you know, he just his, yeah. his presence was just him holding a guitar was like everything oh, yeah. for me. So, um, I actually had tickets to see him. I was four years old and, um, he died six days before the concert. So that was, that was a, that was a tough one for me. <laughs> No doubt, but harsh. Then, yeah, yeah. So I would, I would have been able to say I saw Elvis. Now, didn't you do a tribute to Scotty Moore? Oh yeah, yeah. I just threw a video up there. My my YouTube stuff and my my social media videos it. are just like I send there. these videos to like my cousin. He's like, you should post that, and I'm like, no. But show me that thing again. What is that? I never. Oh, it's yeah. It's a song called um, "Too Much." Too it's, much guitar. Uh, it was an A, I think. <laughs> That's awesome. And you need the, you know, like the the, the whole oh. slap thing. Oh yeah, the slap. So yeah, man. You I mean, see, you're the kind of guitar player you you sneak up on people. It's like <laughs> all of a sudden, there you are doing Elvis. All of a sudden, there you are doing some straight up Travis picking. <laughs> Like you got, you, yeah. you are the Swiss army knife. I mean, that was like the first thing I heard was that. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, that's great. That was, yeah. Like that was the first music that, that I was ever exposed yeah. to, you know, but. So what was your first interest in life? Like for me, I would say probably skateboarding mm -hmm. until I was about eight or nine and i got mm -hmm. into guitar what well, did it you was, start on guitar it was music from from the day i i, I entered this earth i mean that, that was, was awesome. a thing it was just um there was records everywhere there was a guitar my dad had a guitar laying around so i mean it was i never there you know a lot of people have yeah. that moment you know there are beatles on the ed sullivan show or whatever where you know they were like that's when i realized what i wanted to do i think that i was you know it, it, it was just, that's what it was. You know, yeah. music was always everything to me. I mean, I played sports as a kid. I was actually really good in baseball, but I, I knew that, you know, this was, this was it for first for, baseman. No, I was actually, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I played first for a while and then I pitched a lot and, um, yeah, I would go back from first to, to pitching. Cool. So yeah. And I, I did really well. And then when I got to junior high school, I started playing and I remember just standing on the field and I'm like, you know, there's no girls on this field. Like there's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let me, you know the, it, the guitar works a lot better for me. <laughs> You'd already been playing for a while, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started really, really young and I mean, so what was I started, the first lick you played when you were that young? Um, probably. Yeah. Let me shut chorus this, this chorus thing off because uh, it's really annoying. We're not in the 80s just yet. I mean, we are in the 80s, but we're not in, in Van Halen. <laughs> we're getting there. We're probably in like 79 right now. So I used to figure out stuff by ear. Like I was really good. My ear developed at a, at a pretty yeah. young age, you know. So, but I think the first like song I ever learned was probably. Um... Oh, hell yeah. But I, I didn't know chords yet. 
So <laughs> I know I bought that with my allowance mm-hmm. for four ninety nine at the local pharmacy. That's awesome. The, the nice price. The nice price. Yeah. Oh like, man, yeah. I missed the nice price. <laughs> I remember I called the radio station to request that tune, mm-hmm. and then then it came on. I'm like, oh my god, I, they heard they they did it for me. But it was already number one or something. <laughs> That's awesome. And I mean, yeah, like that. That was like. The first yeah. thing I could actually play, yeah. you know, that that sounded like something. So, I was thinking of trying to do a, a off topic here, but mm-hmm. a, a comp- compilation of all the coolest octave riffs. That would right. be one of them. <laughs> the best one of all time would be. Right. But I was also thinking of another great one is. Right, right. That one just. That song gives me chills, like the production. Right? This, this, Does he do like yeah. a, a like a hammer on there? Maybe. Yeah. That's a great one. That's just the way the chorus picks up. So glad you made it. And yeah, they, they, those things give mm-hmm. me chills. And the, and the production is so simple back yeah, then. But yeah, oh, he's incredible, I can't man. think of any other off the top of my head octave licks, but I know there's a few more yeah active guitar licks yeah <laughs> now so i'm simple. trying to think yeah there, there's yeah, tons do you wonder right right now we're cheating because mm-hmm. we're moving mm. anyway so you start mm. off on my sharona and yeah anything that had like single notes like um <laughs> that was so, another one of my early we're yeah. at that similar age because of my first party I ever went to mm-hmm. was a sixth grade birthday party like it was a party all the mm-hmm. girls came all the boys in the class right, and right, they right. paired us up they choose cards and mm-hmm. that's your dance partner <laughs> this is his mom right he's like okay this is your dance partner whoever's got the other queen or something and then that song came on the stereo oh and man it sounded so whip fun. it doom, 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 yeah, yeah. And there's the production and everything mm-hmm. And then I played it for my dad, and he says, "Oh, that sounds like because he's a, he's like, oh, that sounds like pretty, pretty woman. woman. That's exactly what my dad said. If you like that, you should hear, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know? So anyway, we're getting up. So so. But yeah, so shit. it was that, and um, you know, living in New York, and I, I was just talking to a buddy about this. Back in that era, you know, I was too young for the the punk, you know, new wave thing that was going on, but I was old enough to appreciate all the disco stuff that that happened, you know. So that was everywhere when I was yeah. really, really young, when I was first discovering music, you know. So um, I went from Elvis yeah. to, like, the Bee Gees, you know. Like, while well, everybody wanted to be Kiss, me and my cousin, you know, had our little band and we wanted to be the Bee Gees, yeah. you know. So that, you know, that was a, a, a big thing. And I think it also really subconsciously opened me up to like beautiful chord changes you know i would be affected yeah. i would listen to like you know how deep is your love or something and, oh yeah and beautiful like the chord changes would affect me you know like it would like definitely move me so yeah subconsciously that that was happening but yeah like just being around that we would go roller skating like every weekend you know and I guess back then, all the DJs that would DJ at the big clubs, you know, in New York, like Studio 54, they would, you know, DJ yeah. these roller rinks during the day, you know, so I would go to church, you know, on a Sunday morning, then we'd go roller skating, and then we'd go back to church at night. It's another thing that, the church thing was another big 
influence uh, on and me. And you do some huge stuff with the church right yeah. now. Like, we, we can get to that. Yeah, next. yeah, yeah, yeah. But my first guitar hero was actually like my pastor from my church. We He was like a reformed hippie. He played like Hendrix and stuff. And like, you know, we had this full on yeah. 70s, late 70s, early 80s rock band at our church. And it was it was really amazing to sit there and watch this dude play. So he was like, my, and he was great. And he had a beat up sunburst stretch, just like Stevie, you know. So it was like, that image yeah. means something different to me than, than, you know, most people. But I associate that with him. And that was like a big, big deal. So the church thing, yeah. you know, was another thing. But yeah, I mean, it was like the disco stuff and, you know. Yeah. I would pick out, like, you know, my dad would put on, like, you know, um... Dude, that was my first jam. I mean, yeah. dude, that song, you don't even know. Like, oh, I was always I into know. music. I <laughs> do know. I was always into music. I love music. Mm-hmm. I discovered early on that I kind of had an ear. Mm-hmm. Like I went up to the piano in the class and I was just all messing around. I was all. Mm. <laughs> yeah, man. And the class was freaking out. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, but anyway. Yeah. I was into music, but mm-hmm. then I had a friend and she's like, I want to hear this Michael Jackson. I was like, Michael, I was like, what the who, what? <laughs> I'm like, that's like, to me, it was like she was wanting to hear like some like Brady Bunch or like Partridge Family. Right, shit right, right. Or, like, well, they I had the cartoon, you know. So. I didn't know anything. I didn't mm-hmm. know really. Oh, um, wow. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know what what she was talking about. Right, and, right, like, right, right. A miracle, she just turned the radio dial and it was a good stereo, my friend's mom's stereo. Mm-hmm. And there it was. Oh, man, that, that record for me was was And then huge, he's singing, check it down, mm-hmm. too. Like the, uh, the rhythm in his mm-hmm. voice, like. Oh, man. It was like an electric fucking lightning yeah, bolt came yeah. through. I oh, remember totally. that moment so clearly. You know, I'm right there with you. I'm and right there with you. from that moment, mm-hmm. I've been obsessed with mm-hmm. music. That's great. That's when it That's all changed. Great. So it's funny that so, you would play that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a big one for me. And then, you know, so my you know my parents saw that I loved Michael Jackson. I loved the Jackson. So when Off the Wall came out, I was I wore oh, that yeah. record out. Oh, so yeah. I would pick up my guitar, you know, and I was able to play like... Not even knowing, like... Oh, it's yeah. um. Oh, yeah. That's one of the funkiest tunes of all time here. Hold on. Yeah. So I mean, get me started. I was able to not only pick that stuff out, but to actually know it was the guitar back then, you know, and I was, you know, I was five, six years old. I mean, I didn't play like that, but I, you know, I would find the notes and, you know, you know, play my own. Did you ever play that? To me, this is one of the funkiest moments ever Mm -hmm. recorded at the end of, end of, um, don't stop till you get enough. Oh yeah. 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 That whole thing. Oh man! Are you, yeah, no, I never played that one. Are you play this part? So one guitar is doing that, right? Right. Uh, 
and there's like oh. and there's that other guitar that's going yep. anyway I, I'm sure I've talked about this oh, shit before dude. but Marlo and Anderson was one of the guitar players I don't David know. Williams yeah, and that's... off the wall um and um <laughs> Funky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We go on. Yeah. So you got the funk in you, is what you're saying. Yeah. That I think stuff, and you got the changes mm-hmm. too from the cool pop yeah, tunes. So changes. I mean, that started, and then um, MTV. You know, MTV came out, and you know that's when I stopped going outside. You know, that's yeah. when I, <laughs> I, I just yeah. that first summer was funny. I think whatever year that was, we just got a, a swimming pool and and you know installed in our backyard. And um, I was so excited. And then when MTV came out, <laughs> I just stayed in the basement. My dad's like, get outside. We bought you this pool. You know? Yeah. He's like, so. Did you have some siblings to play in it? No, I was the only child, oh. you know. But I, of course, I had a lot of friends that wanted to use the pool, you know. And I was like, you know, can I come over to him? I'm like, oh, no. You know, I have to watch, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, you just, that just reminded me of almost of Night Ranger for a second. Yeah. Yeah, I was like similar intro. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so I mean, MTV was like, you know, it's funny to watch YouTube now and see all these people like, you know, learning how to play guitar and all these tutorials and all this. But I mean, like Jesse's girl, I learned to watch it from play it from watching Rick Springfield. You know, he, he was standing right there. You know, and I'm just like, yeah. wait a second, you know, pause. I yeah. videotape everything and just pause. I'm like, I think I know that's a D chord, man. That's <laughs> you know? cool that he was actually playing that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I would learn what I could, you know. <laughs> you know, like all that yeah. stuff, you know, I would just, whenever I'd see somebody with a guitar, you know, so it was like, you know, I would just, just watch what they were doing, you know? So I guess I developed my ears, you know, kind of early on. And then I started taking lessons after that. So did you find guitar lessons really helped you? In the beginning, I guess it was, they offered them at, at my school. And I had this little acoustic guitar that was like almost impossible to play, but I was able to bang out stuff on it, you know? And, um, you know, it was just a basic, now I knew what the notes were called and, and I could read a little bit. And then... That, ne- you know, I did it for the whole year. Then we came back the next year and I enrolled again and it was the same exact thing. So I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So my mom was like, okay, so let's get you lessons. Like, you know, I so- want to rock. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I started taking lessons and that was the beginning of me really seriously wanting yeah. to learn. I always had a thirst for knowledge when it came to my instrument and, and just learning about music in general. Then I started to find out about Van Halen and and stuff like that. And I was just like, well, that's, you know, that's a whole other world away from me. You know, I was like playing, you know, the Thompson twins, you know, know, like stuff like that. I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom making my guitar sound like that, you know? And then I got an electric guitar and um, I think one day, yeah, I was, my teacher showed me like this, like, you know, like kind of like arpeggio thing. And I was like, Hey, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah. cool. And somehow I messed it up and I went. And I was like, wait like, a Whoa. second. Wait <laughs> a second. I was like. And I was like, yeah. I figured it out, you know. 
and and that was you know that became the beginning of of that you know when the i rock. when i was like wait a second okay i can do this i can i can play i can rock yeah yeah so you know that was that was a, another epiphany i guess you know so i mean you know the the cool thing about growing up back then every song had a guitar solo in it you know every it's true. every from country music to like r&b stuff like my dad loved lionel richie you know so it was like easy easy like sunday morning and that uh, like that guitar oh man i'm probably gonna push this that's a solo yeah all right wait, 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 let me okay. show me the chords so it's like a a flat to c minor and then B flat minor seven to like a E sus. Yeah, that's it. Let's see if I remember solo. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's great. But, so those things, you know, like, and I loved like how the attitude, like, is this pretty song, pretty changes, and yeah. he's like, <laughs> just like the blues lick in there. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the attitude and the swag always kind of, you know, was what really moved me. You know. Yeah. So, you know, and that's why I think when like the whole like sort of hair metal thing kind of happened i wasn't i was never really into that whole thing you know you couldn't really shake your ass to, to that stuff you know me neither man people yeah. always talk about i mean i don't i hate to bring even go this direction but about right. rock is dead or something mm -hmm. but i kind of feel like the groove is missing from rock yeah like yeah. if you listen to elvis presley or steve winwood mm -hmm. as we were talking about earlier yeah yeah, or yeah. devo mm -hmm. there was groove yeah those guys even like duran duran like duran duran there's always know. something or the blues based mm -hmm. stuff like a lot of you know there was a few know. bands that got it you know back then you know van halen was definitely one of them yeah. they had the funk man yeah, yeah. You know, but like, it, yeah once the glam started coming right. out <laughs> extreme they were they had it you know yeah but like yeah so back then i mean I, my taste was changing you know and i was in a band i was like 16 i was in this band with like these guys that are way older than me like twice my age and they were we were kind of like this studio band we did some gigs but you know the labels were kind of getting interested our our um the guy who was like the band leader was a pretty well-known engineer, but he did a lot of hip hop stuff. So I got to play on a lot of studio stuff because of him. You know, he would bring me in, right. you know, after school and I come in, I got to actually work with um, Public Enemies, um, DJ, Terminator X. You know, yeah. so it was, I played on one of those songs when I was like 16 years old. I've know? heard his name mentioned many times yeah. by Flavor yeah. Flav. Mm -hmm. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that was, you know, that was really cool for me at that age to be in this big studio recording. I learned how to mic my amps and, you know. It was, You're like it was, still in high school? Yeah, or, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, those kind of things were influencing me more than that, you know, more than the rock stuff at that time. You know, I was always a big Prince fan and that's like another big thing of mine. Yeah. Like I'm obsessed with, with Prince and um, definitely my favorite guitar player. I, yeah, underrated. Oh, totally. Guitarist. Totally. So, 
that you know was a big deal in the Michael Jackson stuff and I started you know really getting into the Chili Peppers before they really broke and Living Color so it was like the bands that really had more of a groove to it was what really really got yeah. my attention Hell so yeah. but yeah and I started you know playing some jazz stuff I had a great teacher like um all through middle school and high school this amazing amazing teacher just so great how like i've studied with these great guitar players that weren't great teachers you know and mm -hmm. this guy just he he made me want to just just keep getting better and better and he taught me how to write music and how to you know compose and and all my theory and everything so what was I, his name um his name is mike de giacomo mike if you're out there bro <laughs> Thank you. Thank you That's so great. much. Is you know? still in Long Island? Yeah, Long yeah. Island? I think he's in, like, he teaches English, but not, not school English. Like, he um, teaches English to Japanese. English as a foreign language. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. He's got a whole thing, you know, going on. But um, do you know a guitar player out here named Steve Dawson? I do. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve, so we grew we up together. him at, the, at the, the whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we grew up together. Cool. And we were like guitar buddies. I mean, we still are. We're still, you know, best friends. So we both studied with Mike, you know, and that was like, he was like our Yoda, you know. And awesome. um, at that time, we were both really, really into Steve Vai. You know, Steve Vai came on the scene and, and changed my life. I seeing him with David Lee Roth literally changed my life and made me want to understand what he was was talking about, all the theory and all the composing yeah. and everything. So that became an, a thing. And, you know, I wound up going to music school after high school, studying composition, and I started taking, you know, jazz lessons. So wait, you're a senior in high school or something, and you're like, how did you decide which school you wanted to go to and where'd you go? Um, I went to um, SUNY Purchase, um, which is right outside of Manhattan. It's in Westchester. Maybe like, I lived in the first town on Long Island, like next to Queens. So I was very close to the city and, and That's um, nice. spend lots of time in Manhattan. And um, this was, yeah, probably the same distance, but past like the Bronx, you know, so probably like 45 minutes from my, my house. And um, I went for, they called it studio composition. So I learned how to compose and, and orchestrate, but also to do it in the recording studio. Oh man, that's a cool, was, cool yeah, major that yeah, they offered. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. And I was also taking jazz lessons. You know, I'd, I'd started getting into jazz, or what I thought was jazz, <laughs> you know, when I was younger. Yeah. You know, like my Mike taught me the, the solo for um, Kid Charlemagne, and I fell in love with that. And I was like, okay, this is like kind of like, you know, funky and it's kind of groovy, but there's some other notes that I've never heard or played before, yep. you know? And then he got me into Wes Montgomery and, and all that stuff. And I started getting into Frank <laughs> Gambali and I was like, okay, that I don't understand, but you know, this stuff I can, I can, yeah. you know, so in college, I started studying with this, this bebop teacher who was just like, you know, it's New York, man. Those, those guys are stone cold, serious motherfuckers, man. And this guy was was just like relentless. Like you know, if I bent a note, he'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" Like you know, and I'm like, "That's how I play," you know. This is what I, you know, but I, you know, I was sticking with it, and then um, it just wasn't natural to me. You know, I liked. Yeah. I didn't want to be that kind of guitar player. I couldn't express myself that way. And I went to go see Prince. You know, I think that was another epiphany. I've seen Prince before, but I went by myself this one night and I was really down. I was just like, let me go to the city and just, you know, get out of here. And I went to go see Prince and I, you know, it was one of those things. I got one ticket right before the show and I'm like right, right up front, you know. Where, where, where was he playing? Um, Radio City Music Hall. And it's just, you know, he, it's that part where he's just doing his thing and all of a sudden the music stops and he's just like... <laughs> 
you know, and he's like ripping yeah. like one note and I'm just standing there and like my heart is just like yeah. beating. I'm just like, holy fuck, you know? And the one thing I did was I turned around and I just looked at the crowd and just people just going crazy. And I'm like, that's what I want. You know, that's, yeah. that's what I want to do with my plane. You know, I want it to, to mean something, you know, I can do yeah. that. And I just watched him all night and I'm like, man, what he's playing, it, it, it's so simple, but he makes it sound so good. You know, and I went home the next, you know, that night and I'm trying to play yeah. those things and I'm like, it doesn't sound good when I play it. You know, I can play rings around that stuff, but it doesn't sound good. So um, the next day I remember I told my teacher, I'm like, look, man, you know, I just want to continue with my writing and stuff and I don't really want to do the bebop thing. And he's like, cool, man, you know, you should get a hollow body guitar, man. <laughs> like he was just like totally <laughs> like not listening to me. Well, like, dude, last thing. <laughs> you know, so that was like another thing because it was like the nineties too. And you know, I didn't really relate to the grunge stuff. I loved it, but you yeah. know, it was funny. Like I, I worked so hard to be this like Steve Vai guy and I got to school and literally like it was the, the fall of 91. I got to school that day and we were having a party and somebody put on smells like teen spirit, you know? And I was just like, it's over, you know, <laughs> I got to figure something else out because this isn't working, you know, this is definitely, you know, and I was always known as like, oh man, you know, Let's let's get Joe, man. He can play like Steve Vai. Then it, like the next day, it was like, "Yo, man, don't don't don't, don't hide Joe, man. You he, he plays like Steve Vai. Tape up know? some of your fingers. Just just play with like one finger. Yeah, yeah. Can you play <laughs> sloppier? And I'm like, I, you know, I've worked <laughs> all these years to not play sloppy. You know, Amen. so you know, it was a crazy time. But that's when I really started getting into like just more of the funk stuff and and you know going deeper, getting into like Graham Central Station and, and a lot of the Shaka stuff. And, you know, so yeah. that that really kind of took over what I yeah. was doing. Thank God. So Well, you sure, if that stuff wasn't working for you, you sure managed to start working. I mean, yeah, yeah. All yeah. the stuff you had learned previously. Now you, I mean, all these artists and some of the hip hop players. Yeah, yeah. And then like mm -hmm. artists like The Game and Kendrick mm -hmm. Lamar. I mean, come yeah. on. We recorded with them, you know. So what was the evolution for, towards being this pro musician that you are today um well i was, was working in, in new york you know i was doing some stuff doing a, i was doing a lot of stuff that that just was not not fulfilling at all i did a lot of dance music i was doing a lot of sessions and i started actually producing and doing like remixes me and my cousin i was telling you you know we we always played together when we were kids and we had like this little production company and we would do these dance remixes and stuff and i was just very very unhappy musically and i knew that i belonged out here i knew as a kid you know i'd watch like fast times at richmond high and i'm like that's who i should be going to school <laughs> with you know the karate kid they go over to school outside out you know yeah. and you know with the michael jackson thing it was funny thriller like was you know i i i was so so obsessed with that album you know and i would just read the credits all the time and i'd see all these musicians and i'm like okay who's this guy who's the that Quincy guy? jones crew yeah yeah and then i found out it was the guys in toto you know and i started yeah, getting yeah. really into steve luca and i go through my dad's record collection i'm like they played on this this album olivia newton john they played on this you know they played on you know this record and i was like that's what i want to do you know i never really wanted to be yeah. like a band guy you know i played in bands but i always knew that i should be the guy maybe behind the guy you know like steve stevens or something you know how he's always been associated with billy idol but he did other things and you know yeah. and like how steve i was you know he would go from gig to gig and i'm like that's what i want to do i want to stay with band and even like with jennifer batten when i saw the bad tour and i saw like mtv was always putting these documentaries on about the bad tour and i'd be like 
And I was like, that's how I want to play these songs. If I could play Michael Jackson and play like her, that would be amazing, you know? So I got obsessed with, with like, I guess, being a sideman, you know? And, and, and um, I got married and we bought a house on Long Island. We left, I was living in Manhattan. We oh. bought a house on Long Island. So you still and, hadn't um, even moved to California? No, no. But I was like very unhappy. You know, my wife was just like, you know, we got to do something. We were like recording bands in our house and stuff. I had a studio, you know, it was, it was a great comfortable way of living, but I was so not fulfilled. I wasn't really playing that much. So one night she was just like, Hey, sit down. Cause you're miserable. You know, we have, we just bought a house. We just got married. This should be the best time of our lives. I've not met your wife, but I like her. Right. You, you oh, were telling she's... me before I turned the mics on, like she'll like text you right as you go on stage. Dude, you're chewing gum. Yeah. Spit out the gum before yeah. you, I can see it from here. Yeah. Oh, she'll be like, <laughs> step it up. <laughs> you know? just, you yeah. get a text while yeah, you're no, on. She's, she's, she's raw, man. She's, she's the best. So yeah. So she sat me down and this is like a, it's a pretty inspiring thing. You know, she was just like, you're miserable. You know, this should be the best time of our lives. Like, what are we going to do? Like, you know, so she's like, what do you want? And it was the first time anybody ever really asked me that. And here I was like 25, no, I was 27 years old, 28 years old, not a kid anymore. I owned a home, you know, we were, you know, we were in. So, um, she was like, what do you want? And I, you know, I just sat there. I'm like, I don't know, you know? And I said, well, you know, I always just, pictured she's like you know tell me what your like biggest like your rock star dreams like you know when you were sitting in your room practicing like what were you practicing for you know and i was like i was like i don't know i just always thought i'd live in la and be like like steve lukather or something and just you know play with all these people and play on these records and she said whoa, 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 la and i was just like yeah yeah it was you know i always figured you know that's where i'd end up and she's like we just bought a house in new york like, <laughs> what are you talking about so i was like well, I don't know. You asked me, you know, what I wanted. That's kind of how I saw my life. So she's like, well, let's move to L.A. And I'm like, well, we can't. And she's like, what do you mean we can't? I'm like, we just bought this house. And she's like, so what? We'll sell it. I'm like, we can't sell this house. And she's like, why not? And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> oh, that's great, the man. next day I went to go, like I had some lessons to teach or whatever. And I came home and my house was for sale. You know, and I was just like. You know, I'm not even thinking about the conversation the night before. I'm thinking about like, did we pay the mortgage? You know, like I'm, I was yeah. like thinking something else. I was like, Joe, what's going on? You know, why is our house for sale? And she's like, we're moving to LA. And I was just like, we can't do that. She's like, you, why? We, we talked about it last night. You know, we're moving to LA. And I just, I just trusted in her, you know, just like, oh, oh okay. Wow. You know, and it's funny because that night and I is leading to something else. Like it was a Saturday. And I remember watching MTV Cribs like that. You know, I was just like decomposing like my house is for sale and moving. And I watched Babyface like, you know, on his beautiful house up in the Hollywood Hills. And I'm like, man, this is like the guy I would give my right arm to work with. And I don't know anyone who knows anyone right that foot. knows this guy. You, you yeah, maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. Not the arms, maybe the foot. Um, <laughs> Still a big sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to learn how to know, play WAH with your left while hopping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I might go. be able to do it. I, I can, uh, I got some skills. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I was just like, man, I don't, you know, that's where he is. You know, I'm on the other side of the country. And then I think it was Christina Aguilera was on Saturday Night Live that, that night. And I'm like, I'm watching the band. You know, I'm like, those are the guys I should be playing with. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to be in that band. 
And fast forward, those guys are like my my really good friends now. And I actually went and auditioned yeah. for Christina Aguilar, which is a funny, you know, we all have our funny audition yeah. stories. That was a I think a I've heard about one. this audition. Yeah, it yeah. It made you dance, probably. Yes, yes, that yeah. was the one. My friend Errol Cooney got the gig. Yeah, and he didn't dance. Like this, <laughs> this was this was the funny thing. Okay, I'll tell you about this one because that was like the holy grail. Like here I was finally, like you know, a yeah. few years later, you know, I made, you know, I made it up through the the Bobby Brown gigs, the Mary Jane girls, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about that stuff. But you know, this was the one that I was like, yeah. okay, and I, you know, I'm standing there. I'm like, this was like, you know, me sitting in my living room in New York. Like here I am, I, I'm doing it. So, you know, I'm a short guy. <laughs> so I figured, let me do something that'll kind of make me stand out a little. Because, I mean, it was like everybody was there. Me, um, Hoffa was there. Like, oh, you know, all, all the, the big Rafael Moreira. Yeah, yeah. And they, they set it up like, it was almost like, you know, Rob Lewis was the MD. And he was also on Making the Band. So he set it up like a Making the Band kind of thing. Like, you know, and it was weird because it was like, you know guys that all were doing stuff you know and, and he's got three amps and he put three guys on and he was like you out you out you stay you know and it was just like <laughs> weird thing you know you're like yeah hey man you know? and then he'd so, make make guys do steps yeah well this is what happened so they gave us like five songs to learn and i learned them you know perfectly and i had my my little things in my back pocket that i'm like okay and i knew the guys so they were like yo man this is this is your gate you got it but because i was short i was like at the time, it was like the 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 days of like the the big belt buckles and the true legit <laughs> jeans, you know. And I had these platform shoes that kind of made me feel a little taller, <laughs> so I wore them, <laughs> not knowing that I would have to dance, you know. So yeah. it was like I made it to the end. It was like me and some other guy was there. I yeah. forget who who else it was, and he was like, "Okay, this is the last song," and it was like the song I knew the best. So he was like, "All right, who wants to go first? I was like, "Oof." I, I, I'll go, you know. So he's like, all right, put your guitar down. And I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, you know, okay, we're going to dance. And I'm like, what do you mean we're going to dance? Yeah, it was this full-on dance routine. And I had these stupid shoes on. Oh, <laughs> and I was no. like tripping over myself. I was so oh, mad. Gosh. And Errol, yeah, Errol came in. Like I saw him come in. He whispered something to, to Rob. And, and they were just like, yeah, man. And, you know, next thing I knew, he was on the gig. He actually lives here. He lives. Yeah, yeah. Right I haven't in town. seen him in a while. Yeah. He, he told me at that audition, watching everybody, you know, he said it was like watching guys fall off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was probably me who was what talking Because it? <laughs> it was like I made it to the very end. It was me and one other guy. And I'm like, you know, I was feeling really comfortable. <laughs> so that was, that was a tough one for me. But um, it was actually a blessing in disguise because while those guys were on tour... I had gotten this this gig at this big mega church out in Orange County, which I became the MD for. And oh, wait, it was so like, you move out to LA. Okay, let's yeah, go let's go back. You let's move go out back. to LA. Yeah. Where do you, you guys rent an apartment or something? We rented a house in Hollywood, like We're, this big, like it, like in Hancock Park. I don't know what we were thinking. You know, all the money we made from our house, like we blew on that house. But like, it had a studio in the back. It had like twenty foot ceiling, this big like live yep. room. It was it was a lot of fun. So I could you know just play all night long. So the first thing I did, um, a friend of mine told me, when you go out there, join this thing. This, is, this was 2003. So, you know, we moved out here in 03, and I joined this thing called musicianscontact.com. Like back then, it was sort of like, you know, just like a classified thing. And um, we were still unpacking. I remember like we were just, you know, we just got there. And um, I got 
I got a call from this guy and he was just like, Hey man, he was like, I saw your profile, you know, you put your profile and the stuff that you do and your influences. And he's like, Hey, you know, I'm a guitar player and I'm going on the road for the summer, but I have this band out in Palm Springs that plays, you know, we have a steady gig every weekend. And he's like, you know, it doesn't pay that, that great. Um, and it's a little far, but the band is really good and it's, it's, it's a really great gig. So I was like, okay, yeah, man, the whole summer. And he was like, yeah. So I was like, I'm in, you know? So I was like, I have a gig all summer long. I had no idea where Palm Springs was. I had no yeah, clue. I didn't like even look it up. 90 minutes, that. right? Yeah. Without traffic. Without traffic. Yeah. And, um, so the gig was like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I had to go, there was no rooms or nothing. So I had to drive back uh, and forth yeah. and, um, yeah. The, and the pay like basically filled my tank, you know, but I didn't care. I was like, it's a gig. And I had never played like a cover gig before, like a four set all night right. gig. I knew all the songs, you know, from just learning stuff. But we did, I think the first song we did was like cold shot. And, you know, and I played the solo that was on the, the record, you know, and they're like, keep going. And I'm like, no, I'm done. <laughs> you know? yeah. and they're like, no, no, keep going. You know, and I was like, oh man, because my confidence was kind of down from being in New York and just not being happy. So I had from to that really... bebop teacher from from oh dude, yeah, the yeah. guitar version of Whiplash. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you about him later. Um, I, I win in the end, <laughs> but yeah, that was my first my first mm. gig, and I took those guys, the guys in that band, and um, we started our own thing back in L.A. And it was basically I was. You know, I found these two artists that I was like producing and that became like the house band for these two singers that I was working with. And we tried to start our own like jam night, like our own open thing out in Hollywood. And it was kind of cool for a little while. It was called Show and Groove. And um, yeah, we did. We did a bunch of yeah. them, but I started to meet people and um, I wound up getting this gig through one of the singers that came to our thing. And um, she was like, hey, you know, I have this, this, I sing backup for this band that does this gig every Friday and Saturday at this club called Stevie's out in Encino. So she was like, you know, you should come down sometime. So I was like, cool. And out of the blue, they called me to do a gig, uh, to play bass, actually. It was my first gig with them, was playing bass. And the band was great. The singers were great. And it was, you know, all R&B stuff. It was like a real R&B soul. Stevie's Creole Cafe. So... As I was playing, the guitar player quit the band. In the middle of the show? Basically the oh. last song. And he's like, you got the gig, man. So I became the guitar player. Why, and did, it was why a, did he quit? I, he a, you know, I don't <laughs> even know. I didn't care. I was just like, I got Drama another gig. Drama on stage. Yeah. They, you know, they'd been playing. I mean, yeah. the, this was a great, great gig. And the band was really great. And the, the place was always yeah. packed. And yeah, everybody would come there, man. Like it was... You know, Shaka would be there. Stevie would be there, you know. So Damn. that was really where I got to, like, you know, cut my teeth. And, and I started to, I became the, the MD for the band as well. So I started putting the arrangements together. So it was really like, yeah. you know, all right, you know, I got something for, you know, for myself that like I can actually grow, you know. So and all these cats would come down, like all the guys that played with like Christina and all those, those pop musicians. And, you know, they'd want to play. So that was a great gig. And then I got, there was another thing happening. I don't know if you were around for um, Cozy's. Yeah, and yeah. So we, I mean, barely. Yeah. So it, it was another spot um, in town. I, all my gigs were on Ventura back then. Like I just made the rounds up and down, you know. Yeah. Cozy's was, um, they did a Tuesday night jam. And that was like the musician spot for like all the pop R&B guys. So I started playing there and i became the guitar player in the house band for that one too 
So I had Stevie's on Fridays and Saturdays and Cozy's on Tuesdays. And it was just like all these guys would come off tour. And I became the MD for that band too. So now they were like, hey man, you got all these gigs in town. Like, yo, here's my number. You know, so I started, you know, befriending all these, all, yeah. all the cats, you know. Yeah. So whenever they would get off tour, they'd be like, yo, Joe, what, you know, you got anything going on? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, wow, this, this, this dude's calling me. Like, you know, I used yeah. to see him on TV, you know. So it, it became that thing. And you invite him down to play. Yeah, yeah. So, and I would hire them, you know. You want to play this weekend with us at Stevie's? Yeah, yeah, man. So I became this guy in town. Like, for some weird reason, I guess all the, all the guitar players were on tour back then. You know, so I was like the only, like, at Cozy's, like, all these musicians would come up, but no guitar players would come up. So it was just me, you know, playing with all these great musicians and they'd be like, yo, man, you're, you're real dope. Like, you know, I, you know, let, let's do something, you know? So, you know, I started making my, my way up the, the rounds, yeah. you know, like it, it was, uh, it was interesting, really cool. you know? And, um, yeah, so I started playing like with Bobby Brown, you know, at Stevie's, <laughs> we, yeah. we had all these, all these, uh, funny, funny shows that we would do um they would have guest singers and stuff and um we i played with this guy like if there was ever like maybe like a, a strangest gig i ever had i played um for this guy ollie woodson he was one of the singers in the temptations in like the 80s you know like the mid 80s and stuff and um he wrote like their last big hit song um treat her like a lady but he was this amazing singer probably like hands down the best male singer i've ever played with he was incredible but he was he was a nut job man he was he was he was a tyrant rest his soul but uh we were he was gonna start doing like a wednesday night thing at stevie's and it was like a big deal you know it was on the radio and everything and the, the opening night was gonna be like this you know all stars studded thing and um uh, we were rehearsing we were doing this um bobby womack song mm. that was like the main line in the song it was just um that's the way I feel about you. And um, he'd be like, Joey, when we do this song, I want you to come up and play that line, you know, and just, just go for it, man. You know, so we'd rehearse and, you know, he'd be like, walk out and play, you know, play the part. So I'd walk out. Yeah. You know, and uh, the night of the show, the first night, you know, there's Stevie Wonder, there's Shaka Khan, there's, uh, you know, Bobby yeah. Brown, all these guys I wound up playing with later. And, uh, you know, we start playing, he's like, you know, when you come out, I'm going to introduce you to the crowd. I'm like, okay, cool, man. You know, so, you know, we start playing. I come out and I walk out and I'm go. And he takes his hand. He goes like this on my guitar. And he's like, hold on. You know, and I'm like, what's he doing, man? And he's like, is that all you got, motherfucker? <laughs> you know, oh, man. in front of like all these people. And you're you like, know? well, shit, my amp's way back there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like. What? what, what? <laughs> He's like, is that all you got, motherfucker? I was like, this wasn't in the show. We didn't rehearse this. You know, is this supposed to be part of the yeah. act? You know? And then he's like, go white snake on their ass. <laughs> I was like, go white snake. On you know? Them. And I'm looking at Stevie Wonder right there. And he's like, you know, he's cutting his food. He's, you know, he's eating. I was just like, I was so mortified, you know? So what but did you do? I just, I just started, you know. <laughs> you know, just start trying to make it make sense and that you know i kind of yeah. knew what he meant you know but yeah. he was he you know this is when i realized joe you're now paying your dues this is yeah. official like this is you know yes. this is a story you're going to tell for years to come you know so through that gig yeah i started playing with bobby brown you know we started doing shows in the mary jane girls and we started doing these shows together and that, 
That's yeah, crazy. Well, yeah, you're crazy. Pl- plugged into the scene. Yeah, you know, so I was like this little Italian dude playing, you know, with all these guys, and um, I started playing with um, Andy Vargas, who was the singer. He's the singer for Santana, and that's mm-hmm. where I met um, this drummer LB, who was playing for Robin Thicke, and he had just got off tour with Robin, and we hit it off like right away, and um, we made a pact. Like, he was home, he had nothing to do, and I was the guy in town. So I was like, listen, whenever I need a drummer, I'll call you. And he's like, whenever I need a guitar player, I'll call you. So we were doing every gig, like, that whole that whole time. It was like six months, maybe. Every gig we did, we did together. And then he called me. He's like, hey, man, you know, I need we need a guitar player to fill in for some rehearsals for Robin. So I was like, okay. And he's like, here, here's the three albums. You know, we start tomorrow. So... <laughs> You know, I knew some of the stuff. You know, I always yeah. loved Robin's music. So I knew some of the stuff, but I had to really go home and just, you know, work really hard for that. And that was it. That was, uh, you know, yeah. we started rehearsals and, and yeah, years later, I mean, thank God. Like, you know, he, he, yeah, he kept a, me. It was a tough beautiful. one. It yeah. was really tough, man. The gig? Well, getting, like, so he was going to do auditions and stuff. You know, I was just a fill-in guy to him. And um, we did a week without him. So like we, and it was funny because like I knew the stuff really, really well. So like the band right away, like we became really tight and, and you know, it was just, it sounded great. And then he came in and, um, you know, he, he didn't even really pay attention to me because he was like, ah, this guy's temporary, whatever, you know. And we were playing and I had my rig. I think I had this exact setup here. divided by 13. And I just got it. I just got it like that week, you know. Four I, by I, 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, so all of a sudden, all these guitar players start walking in, you know, while we're rehearsing. I'm like, what, what is this? Guys like Mike Scott was there. Mike Scott. You know, you know, Mike. And, you know, just all these other dudes that were, you know, had these these big pop gigs. And, and he was like, hey, man, you know, if you just want to chill for a little while, I just want to listen to these other guitar players. So, you know, I was filling in as far as I knew. So, I, you know, and the guys in the band were like, yo, man, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. And I'm like. Hey, how long have you been in the band? Like playing with him for a few days or something? Or? For like a week and a half. Week and a half, right, right? So you know, who am I to you know? I wasn't told I had the gig or whatever, but you know, of course, I was going to stick around. I wanted to see what was going on. So you know, these guys were doing their thing, and I was like, I don't know, man. This is, I think this is my gig. You know, like I, I think <laughs> this is, I belong there. So there was one player that came in, and it was like, not really happening. And um, that's the one that he chose. So I was like, now why do, the musicians weird. are saying that it wasn't really happening? Why do you think the well, front man well, like like it's a Hollywood thing, man? Yeah. You know, he was as tall as Robin. You know, he was this lanky dude that, I mean, let's face it, I've been passed over for gigs because of my height, because of my skin you're color. Not, for the record, you're, you're not that short. Well, world, but, but but I'm just saying how <laughs> yeah. it goes. You yeah. know, I mean, this is this is the yeah. the world that we we, yeah. we deal with. You know, being in, in especially in the pop world. I know? know. I swear, I've been mm-hmm. not that I would have got it if I had a big mm-hmm. mane of hair, but I swear that I've kind of been cut in the first round or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, stupid stuff yeah. <laughs> like that. You know, it's just it just that's that's the reality of, yeah, of people want, this yeah. world. So I understood, but I was like, you better use the tracks because. Whatever. So they were like, we were supposed to do Jay Leno and I was, you know, they were like, you're doing it, man. You're, you're in. And the day before they were like, Hey man, we're not going to use you for that. Sorry. Thanks for everything. We're going to move on. So I was like, okay. I wasn't expecting anything. You know, I was hopeful. Yeah. 
Well, so you I can't d- be angry because you know they might call you the next day. Yeah, well. And even if they would didn't, it's mm, just good to just. Well, I took my my stuff, and I remember one of the one of the production guys was like, "Hey, man, don't 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 leave your stuff just yet." And I'm like, "No." <laughs> I was like, "Look, man, I'm not. You know, I don't want to be that guy." So um, I wound up the next day. You know, they were doing Leno, and I had a gig with with LB that night, like after the show. You know, so. Leno, you know, they tape in the afternoon, like four o'clock to five o'clock or whatever. And um, I was getting, you know, I was putting my stuff in my car for, for the gig that night. And my phone was like, this was like, this was like 502. So they just finished taping and the, the MD calls me. He's like, yo, man. And I'm like, what's up, man? He goes, could you just be there tomorrow? Be at rehearsal. <laughs> you know? So he was like, you know, we got a promo tour coming up. As far as I know, that that's what you know. That's all that we have you on for. So it's like five dates. I'm really sorry. Blah blah. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, I got nothing to do, which was weird because I actually, I think it was the day after I did the audition for Macy Gray and I got the gig. Oh, you got you that know? gig. It was you. Well, there's there's a lot of people got that gig. Wait, what you know? year was this? This was like 2008. Oh. You know, I wound up not taking it because I, wound... I auditioned in 2002 or something. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I, it's one I, of those. And I didn't even live in LA. I came down. Oh wow! And talk about paying your dues, you know. And I made the first round, so they say come back tomorrow. I got a call back. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. So I was sleeping on my friend's couch another mm-hmm. night. Then I came. They came back the second day, and then they threw me up there. And the DJ started to something, and I swear to God, it was like a quarter step. You know how sometimes a sample can be? It was a right, quarter right, step right. out of tune, oh, and, and it just I wasn't feeling it the way I was feeling right, before, right. trying to adjust to that. These auditions, <laughs> man, they're, they're so weird. They're and, you know, I mean, I know that I just wasn't the right person. I'm not mm-hmm, trying to say mm-hmm. that it was. I'm not trying to blame it on that, but it's right, funny right. what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, then, the dancing thing, you know. It's yeah. just like weird, <laughs> weird shit, you know. I didn't, you know, I never expected to go in there and freaking dance you know so um yeah so that happened and a buddy of mine was playing for the new kids on the block and he called me and he was like yo man i'm quitting the band so you know maybe i can get you in you know for that tour so i was like wait a second now i have like i had nothing (laughs) you know you know now i have choices you know but i really loved robin's music and i really felt like i belong there so i went back and and i was like well i committed to the promo tour so i'm gonna do that and then I think we were in San Fran and um, we were like at soundcheck and he comes running. He's like, Joe, I need you. Um, grab an acoustic guitar. We're, we're doing, we're going live on VH1. I was like, huh? You know, he's just like, just come. Like, I didn't even have time to think about it. And we were in the car with, with, with the guy who was going to interview us. So he was like, you know, tell us about, you know, what you're doing and tell us about the band. And, you know, he was talking about the guys in the band and he goes and you know, Joe's my, my new guitar player and he saved our, our live man. Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, Okay, am I in? You know, I guess <laughs> that was, still don't know. you know, I still didn't know when we were doing the, the Miley Cyrus thing, you know, years <laughs> yeah. later, you know. So I guess that was as good as, as, a, as a yes as I, as I got. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it just right away, you know, but I think, you know, he, he, I don't think I was the guy that he envisioned on stage with him. You know, he wanted like Slash, you know, he would always bring right. up Slash. And I'm like, huh? But right after we did the promo tour, we went in the studio and made a record. And we did like a Valentine's Day record that never came out. It was like all covers and stuff. And I think that's where I really earned my stripes. Because first of all, I knew all the songs that we were doing. I knew all the, the parts and, you know, and I got in with, with his writer, producer, partner. And it just it just became the thing. They were like, yo, man, Joe's killing it in here. Like he knows all yeah. this stuff, you know. So that sort of really 
solidified things for me. And then we were off, man. We were we were working and working and working, which was great. So then you end up playing with Robin for 12 years. Yeah, the, on um, and off. It's like the mafia, yeah. man. You know, it's like you're never fully out. I talked to yeah. him yesterday. We were texting yesterday, you know, so it's like you're never fully out. And I mean, I respect him. You know, I understand. I was supposed to do another gig and they were like, oh, we're going to, you know, have an old girl band, you know, and it's like, okay. You know, That's a tough the, one to, it's yeah. hard to fake that. Mm -hmm. I did another <laughs> tour where I was like we were set to go on the road for 18 months straight it was a big tour i mean it was huge and we had done some dates and we were rehearsing and the person who was the show director went to the artist and said you know what instead of having a band why don't you just get some dancers and a dj and i'll have the band record the show you're gonna save all this money so they were like okay oh man that makes that makes my soul feel really empty yeah. and cold dude <laughs> we got bought out you know and we, you know, we recorded the show and that was it, you know. So these are, you know, this is the reality yeah. of, of, you know, the business that we're in. Especially you probably in can't say world. what artist that was. Um, I, I probably shouldn't. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. But yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it was a big, it was a big Obviously, deal. 18 months, anyone who's going out for 18 months straight with yeah, it. All yeah, yeah. And it was all arenas. It was all over the world. You know, it was, it was a big deal. And then another artist, that same band was supposed to do this other gig. The, you know, the, the show director felt bad. So they were like, we're going to put you on this gig. And they came to me and they were like, well, Joe, you can't do it because they fired their other guitar player because he was too short and you're shorter than him. And there's a part where you're supposed to come out and go head to head with the singer. And, you know, it's going to look weird. So I was like, all right, <sighs> cool. You know, and then the first thing that that show director did was take that part out of the show. It's <laughs> like, oh, you could have did the gig anyway. You know. Right, you can't win sometimes. Sometimes you got all these gigs raining down on you, and sometimes they're, you're losing them left and right. Yeah, and that's how it yeah. goes. I mean, I'm a free agent right now, right yeah. at the at the moment. That's why I'm taking time to work on my own stuff and you know my writing. And yeah. you know, luckily I'm a writer and I have you know that stuff going on. And I'm producing this record right now for an, this artist. Tell it's me. kind of a cool thing. Um, his name is Tom Solis. So we're working on that now, which is which that's is killer. pretty cool. Yeah, you're doing I, a you know, full album or. Yeah, yeah, we're doing 10 songs. So, Sweet, man. you know, we're just kind of finding his sound, you know, and um, developing that. And he's great. He's talented. He sings his ass off and he's got great, great songs. So I look forward to that. Yeah, Andy. yeah, that'll be really cool. And yeah, I'm doing my own thing, which is, you know, the f a first for some weird reason, you know. Hey, man. It's when you're the guy behind the, the person, the guy or the girl, you know. It's, so, yeah, yeah, it's like I'm, you know, I, I'm looking at it as like writing a novel. You know, like I'm writing my autobiography, so I'm going back to visit my family and I'm going to get all my scores and, and my stuff that I wrote in school and, and just kind of, you know, see what I can do with it and sort of like tell a story, you know. So I wrote some cool like orchestral stuff in, in college, you know, very like almost like David Axelrod ish, you know, lush, yeah. like Isaac Hayes, you know, kind of stuff. So right. I want to put it all together and make, make my own thing. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. And me too. That's great. <laughs> and uh, thank you. My album's on the 10 year plan too. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one, man. You know, it, it really is because especially yeah. when you do the sort of gigs that we do, you know what I mean? Because there, there's always waiting on somebody else or, you're, you know, your your career is sort of in someone else's hands in, in that way. And a year can go by, five years can go by and you're like, oh man, what, yep. what about me? <laughs> you know? 
So, and then you have a certain maybe a high standard, like you know how good mm-hmm. it could be, and you right, want to make right. sure that it comes pretty damn close. Or right. Like, well, you right. know, my bar is you know passion and warfare and blow by blow. Exactly. You know, and so that's why I'm. I don't know if it's going to be an instrumental guitar record. I'm trying to figure that out now. There's some stuff, you know, the wildlife thing that I was messing yeah. with. You know, that 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 might be a part of it. I don't know. You know, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hey man. Yeah man. That's, that's that's my great. life. It's my story. Very exciting, and still, just we're in the we're in the early chapters, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, man. You, you are know? plugged in, and also plugged in. <laughs> you know, not so. doing that thing that guitar players do when they get itchy to play. Yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> let's let's do something. Let, let's play. Um, yeah. want to jam out to the. That's uh, Robin. Oh, yes, yeah. I knew you played it earlier. Yeah, we can do that. You know. Yeah, it's just 2 5 1. Yeah. It's just then, D what minor. What's the last part? Um, G to C. Then it goes to the F. And, and then, then it does like a G to A. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. We can do that. One, two, two three. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
you. Yeah, man. Real quickly. Same here, brother. What's the? Give us a. You know, I gotta ask you the Spinal Tap stories, man. What's the funniest shit that ever happened? I mean, I've had guitars smashed like right before we went on and stuff. You know, I've had I've had some pretty scary guitar moments like, with him. Yeah. We had um. We were in. Oh man, where were we? I think it was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, it was in Charlotte, and uh, we were about to go on. And we were playing this club. We were we were opening up for Alicia Keys doing like this arena tour. In our, in our off days, we would do these these club shows. So we're at this club show, and I only brought one guitar with me. I had a um, an ES three thirty nine. What's the smaller three thirty five? Kind of the inspiration for for this thing. For the carbon, right? And um, so my guitar was on the stand, and above it was one of the um, the PA speakers. You know, going out to the crowd. But on top of the PA speaker was a fan that would blow down. And, you know, just keep us cool, you know. So they put the lights down and the crowd's going nuts and the DJ's playing some music. And all of a sudden, he turns the music up really loud and the speakers vibrate and the fan falls. And this is like right on top of the headstock. Boom, the thing just, oh yeah, you know, splits in half. Breathe on one of those headstocks and they'll break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not even the worst one. But I mean, we're about to walk on stage and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Thank God, you know, we had we had some rentals in the back. But I was like, we got to yeah. hold on. They got to bring something out for me. So it was the only guitar I had, you Man. know, on that show. But I had that one. Oh, I think yeah. I, when we met at Nam, I told you about my, my red guitar, that it, oh, it, yeah. it broke, like, That's into the neck. It was the it was the three fifty five. Oh, the, that one. And, yeah, that one, that one was a painful one. At the Gibson Amphitheater, no less. So big place. Yeah, how yeah. Did that one break. <laughs> um. Well, you know how they have the the union guys that have to work in certain venues, and um, we just came back from a world tour. Like we were all over the world, and we were opening up for Mary J. Blige. It was like the last night of the tour at the Gibson Amphitheater, and um, I I went home that day, you know, just to see my wife. I haven't been home in a while, and you know, got back for sound check, and my tech was like, "Hey, man, um, all your guitars <laughs> fell off the stage, and and." broke and i was like oh okay you know God, like, that was you who was telling uh, me the story yeah 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 oh, and shit. um i didn't even you know i he couldn't be serious you know <laughs> like, that's like, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, that's right, not something you tell somebody like matter of factly but yeah the union guys were you know messing around i had like like a boat like that yeah, on you guys top had of a big guitar case. boat on top of a rolling road case mm-hmm, that nobody locked and you got like and six seven to five guitars i don't know yeah yeah it's probably like like yeah. five or six guitars there and the um guys roll it out they the drum the drum guy i guess you know the hardware case started rolling down the stage this is what i was told you know seems feasible yeah but some i there's something fishy going on anyway and all your guitars so, were on top of the road case yeah in this boat all and standing if, up if you were ever at the universal amphitheater the gibson amphitheater at that time the stage is like extra high so of course <laughs> Yeah, the front of the stage is like right. shoulder high or something. Right. No, no basses were were you know <laughs> broken. No drum hardware. So I had an Everly Brothers acoustic. Gibson just gave me the, this beautiful Everly Brothers acoustic guitar. You know, with the two pick guards on it. So that was first, and that thing looked like someone put it through like a meat grinder. It looked like sawdust. Oh and then next God. was my 355 that my wife gave me for like our first Christmas together. This is my you know my baby. Oh my God. And that thing, I mean, it looked like someone just took it and just, just, just flung it against a wall, you know. So 
he said that you know he said that to me yeah all your guitars fell off you know fell off the stage and i was like yeah right he goes yeah man it's true he's like you know your your 355 yeah it's in pieces and at the time i was endorsed by gibson and they had you know one of the sky boxes they were coming to see me and you're literally playing at the gibson yeah 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 and um you know i just went in the back he's like don't look at him don't look at him you know and i was like Hey man, you know you were in charge like of my police stuff. Police officers and crime scene tape. Like, yeah, sorry, yeah. we can't let you. I got to see no. We can't let you in. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I opened up the case and there it was in pieces. And I mean, I, I had tears in my eyes. And right then, you know, my Gibson rep is like, "Hey, you know, we want to take some pictures." <laughs> you know, and I'm like, "No," <laughs> you know. So um, it was a sad day. For, Dude, you know, that was that was the worst guitar was, injury I've ever. Yeah, and about. that was the second head stock break. The first, you know, you got to get at least one with those with those guitars. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. so I think the next day we were doing like the Ellen show or something. They gave me a three thirty five and a three forty five, and I was you know I was so grateful you know, but they were like you know send it to Nashville and we'll see what we can do. So I sent it there, and um, they got back to me and they're like, we can't really save this guitar. We we'd have to re-neck it. We and tried to save it. Yeah, surgery for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it it took a long time for them to even get back to me, but they were like, yeah, you know, we'll have to re-neck the guitar and it's not really going to be the same guitar. You know, it costs like $3,500 to do, you know? So I was just gutted. Sorry, brother. You know? So I wouldn't even, I didn't even want to see it. They, in fact, they had it for like two years at the shop. And then the guy called me, he's like, we, you know, we're, we got to send this back to you, man. So I was like, all right. And I wouldn't even open it. You know, it stayed in, you know, I have these guitars all over the year, but it, it stayed in like you my living room. You should take one of the frets and put it on a necklace. I know, right? And carry well, it with the, Well, forever. that was the whole thing. Years later, I was like, you know what? Let me just gut it and just put it, put the electronics and stuff yeah. on another guitar. So I brought it to the amp shop in, well, now they're in North Hollywood. They were in like Sherman Oaks then. And um, the girl, Tina, that's like the, the tech and luthier, she's... I know Tina. Yes. She played in that ACDC band. Did she? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm pretty I, sure. I, I know What's she's... Her name? I forget her. I think it's Wood. I think her last name is Wood. I'm, I think. I think Tina, she, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. I, I think, yeah. yeah, no, I know. I think she played in, in a Thunderstruck. Mm, probably, probably. Anyway, right. so I'm telling her the story, you know, I'm just standing there, you know, the guitar's in the case, you know, and she's like, oh my God, that's terrible. And she's like, let me see the guitar. So I was like, all right. And I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I showed it to her. She's like, I, I can fix this. No you know? Way. And I'm like, huh? This and is a twist like, in the story. Yeah. It was like, you know, Fast Times Richmond High. You know, you can't fix this car, Spicoli. <laughs> you know, I can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was like, you can fix this thing? I said, Gibson told me no. She's like, yeah, no. She's like, I'll put some, some rods in it. It'll be better than new. Yeah. She's like, it's going to probably take a year, you know? So I was like, if you can fix it, that would be great, you know? So, I mean, I had nothing to lose. That's it. And there it is. Yeah, like nine oh months later. Here, I'll show you. I yeah, mean, plug it you in. See, you can see some of the battle scars. Did it have... I thought that was a replacement. Oh, my God. My mind is just being blown. So... You can see the finish. Like, here, the extra lacquer. I mean, it broke. So like, you're looking at the back of the yeah. neck. It broke right around the third fret. Yeah, and here's... You can see the rods, you know... She's like, I'm really sorry. I tried oh, to yeah. save wood, the wooden rod, so I can. Yeah. She's like, I, I tried to save the custom shop logo. She's like, I'm really sorry. I'm like, oh, I don't care about that. You know, I'm never selling this guitar. You know, so yeah. I mean, this is you know, she she raised it from the dead. That's so amazing, man. That's so now. Yeah, I don't take it out the house. I, you know, this is a, what a cool story. Yeah. So All it's right, it's hear, back. Pl- plug it in. Let's hear a couple. Okay, notes. let me see if it's. Uh, if it's actually it's the feel good story of the year man oh man it's uh let's see what this thing sounds like 
That sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's my, right, got my it's baby gorgeous. back. Yeah, yeah it's, that's just yeah, it sounds beautiful. Neck, and, beautiful neck tone. You know, I've had a lot of these ES guitars, and none of them, none of them compared to this thing you know and the story of how i got it is is even crazier yeah. than that but i mean yeah it's uh you know this one will be well this, this one will be in the box with you. me yeah. yeah yeah and there's a whole big backstory to that it was crazy crazy so right. yeah so i mean this is this is you know they're gonna bury me with this one well cool we'll have to catch yeah. up again i know you do a lot of other stuff too man but you're yeah. one of those yeah. players there's no way i can <laughs> Get everything. What's the name? Just real quickly, if someone wants to see your worship side, what's the name of that song that you wrote and the, that you sent me today? It's, oh yeah, it's, it's like um, a freaking rock concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was um I was part of this church called Free Chapel a while back, and we did a record called Echo, and I wrote a song called No Thing on there. And yeah, it's 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 a big epic rocker. Right. Um, co-wrote it with um a cat named Israel Houghton, who's like really yes, he's uh. I love him. Yeah, he's he's a good buddy of mine, That's like, and I play with him, you know, a lot, and we've written yeah. some cool stuff together. Israel Newbury. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's my shit. boy. So, yeah, I, mean, I work with Israel. Church, that's the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's the real deal, you know. And no we've, way. Yeah, so that was, you know, we did a record together with that. And, um, yeah, yeah, I do I stuff with him a lot. Stuff, like Breakthrough and... Oh, man. Like, yeah, so intense. And that's a whole other side of my my world that maybe we'll do a part two or something <laughs> at yeah. some time. You know, guys like you, I yeah, I mean, you just so, have to sometimes. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm down, man. So yeah, he, you know, he's he's another. He's someone you should talk to. I mean, his oh, guitar yeah. collection, forget it. You know, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. I didn't he's, even know he was a guitar player. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. I've yeah. got a couple records, but mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, on the record, yeah. it, it's kind of like Prince. You yeah. got to go see him live. You yeah. know, and. Iz was one of those guys when I first moved to LA, that was another thing, you know, like the, when I was in Palm Springs, they were like, you know, Hey man, welcome. You know, so you got a church gig? And I'm like, church? And he's like, yeah, man, that's like, you know, it's what we do. It's how we make our living, you know? And I'm like, what? You grew so, up in church. Man. Yeah. And, and I never realized, you know, really, you know, th that whole scene, you know, I never yeah. thought it, you know, I've done a lot of, you know church gigs mm -hmm. temporarily like, it's always that thing if you had a gig the night before and then you're like in your car at like 6 a.m <laughs> yeah. to get to like a seven o'clock to eight o'clock quick run through yeah man that's gonna be my weekend and then all these bright <laughs> shiny happy people show oh, up dude you know they're like hey mm -hmm. how's it going right and you know in the bigger places you got you know i mean it's like a full like you know our the place i'm at now i mean yeah, yeah. it's like a it's like pink floyd concert yeah that's, you know? that's like, over the top brother yeah so yeah you know, Iz was like, when I first heard his music, it was like when I first heard Steve Iyer or Prince, you know, it, it blew me away. Yeah. And never in a million years that I think that I would actually work with him. Now we're friends, you know, we, you know, it, it's, it's really, really cool. So that's, you know, yeah, that's I can end it with this. Like you have dreams as, as a young musician or whatever, you know, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to make a lot of those dreams come true, especially on the surface. But there are some things that I would have never expected that were actually even greater than, than those things. And that whole side of my world has been that. So, you know, it's cool to rock out, 
you know, in front of 20,000 people. But when you're next to someone like Israel, man, and, and just doing that. And then, yeah, and then you know, writing too. Yeah, it's yeah. Over the top, man. With that stuff, I mean, the, the thing is, there's like a purpose to it. You know, there's definitely, you know, you, you feel, you know, after something like that, you walk off stage, or at least me, you know, I, I always felt like, wow, you know, I did something. Yeah. it's it's much greater you look at i look at other gigs differently sometimes now you know what i mean like oh man like when i met israel you know he was just like oh man I, you know i would love to have you full time i you know i would never you know i can't compare to robin thick and i'm like dude it's all the way around <laughs> you know it's like man I, I would give anything to play with you i can only imagine how great his band is oh dude and but it's a whole other way of thinking it's almost like playing jazz you know because you'll get a set list like i played with him at nam a few years back you know and i know i know all the songs but you know they're, they're never the same live you know it's yeah. always you know so you know they gave me the set list i don't th we might have played one of the songs on the set list you know like he'll just assess the crowd and then go and you have to follow him you have yeah. to know his body language you know you have to be watching all the time and that's the the other great thing about playing at church it's like i feel like i'm always i'm always on my toes you know it never gets stale ever stuff i'm doing tomorrow you know it's it's nuts man but it's it, it keeps me it keeps me improving it keeps me yeah. you know that that level of musicianship to me is greater than practicing it's greater than learning scales and licks and notes it's a whole other a whole yeah. other vibe you know so i'm thankful man i'm really you know i've been really fortunate and, and yeah. lucky man well, very so, inspiring story, man. Thanks for thank sharing you, sir. it. And, uh, oh, dude, thank you, yeah. man. I, you know, I'm a big fan. I told you in the beginning, man. Probably from the beginning, from oh, really? From like the first, the first one, first you episode, know? right on. It's hard, you know. It's like in this day and age, where everybody's a talk show host. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you're 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 one of us. You know what I mean? You're you're a great player. And you're a great musician, oh, and you, you know the deal. You know, you know, you know how to talk to us. You know, you know oh, what it man. what it's supposed to be. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Man, that means a lot. So I appreciate that brother. very much. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And uh, cool. thanks to Jennifer Oberly. Did she introduce us? Yeah, NAM. yeah, she yeah. She did. I she you. did. I, man. I love going to Nam and and just meeting people. Man. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, that's the the best part of it. Absolutely, kind of reconnecting. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, let's hear the other pickups. Hear both pickups. Okay, cool. I need some outro music. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, well, keep it alive to you, 95, brother. Yeah. And thanks again to Zoom Recorders and Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. All right, I got to get back to the helicopter. <laughs> ACDC is awesome. How about this one? <laughs> <laughs> 